And now for something completely different. A radio show about books. Didn't think it through at all. Inconceivable! <laughs> yes, the show's serious. That's totally a thing. Thank you. Tarzan of the Apes. Brought to you from out the pages of Edgar Rice Burroughs' immortal book. Oh, wow. In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and been widely regarded as a bad move. And now for your host, Daniel Thompson, a completely underqualified buffoon who has no idea why he's here in the first place. And all were amazed and said, this guy is really good. Do you do children's parties? In a world where podcast hosts have to come up with unique intros to every episode to keep their viewers satisfied, one DJ will have the courage to spoof movie trailer voice guy thing. Ah, help, no! Well, I got a whole ten seconds off of that, and I guess that will have to do me. Welcome, everybody, to the Very Serious Writing Show. How are you doing today? Because I'm doing pretty swell. I've got a little box of Reese's Pieces. I'm kind of nibbling on those, and it's pretty delicious. Today, we have in Kate Wells. Have you all met Kate? Probably not. Kate Wells is a really chill human being. We're going to veer a little bit into the colleges and talk about college. Self-care in college is today's episode. And we're also going to get into how to continue writing in college. And that can apply to writing in school. I know a lot of you aren't in college yet, but honestly, this episode will be very applicable for when you get there. And because it's hard to write in college. It is really hard. And Kate Wells is going to shed some light on that for us. So, and yes, such is the thing. And now, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but uh, words. So let me introduce myself. Do you know who I am? The average human male is about 60% water. As far as we're concerned, that's a little extravagant. You're here because we want the best, and you're it. Nope, couldn't keep a straight face. I am no man. Hey, Kate. Welcome to the Very Serious Writing Show. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't get more super awkward than that, does it? No, I was trying to go for like a casual high, and then it turned into something very uncasual, and then it just got weird. It just kept going. Your high did. Yeah. It didn't didn't stop. Oh, goodness. Are you having a good day overall? Yes, I'm having a fantastic day. A fantastic day. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if you want me to elaborate on that, because I don't really have anything <laughs> to elaborate with. You know, I mean, if you, ha- if you have a good story from the day, we can talk about that. But otherwise, yeah, we can move on. <laughs> yeah, no, my day is pretty mediocre. Oh. But I'm living, so... You're alive. Yeah. You're awake and you're alive, and that's all that really matters. Now you're starting to sound like a Skillet song, dude. <laughs> I haven't listened to Skillet since forever. I really Same. haven't. It's like, where are they even now? Do they still do things? Yeah, yeah, I think they do. I'll have to, I'll have to investigate this. I'm going okay. to in- investigate this. So today we're talking about self-care at college, mm-hmm. which, as I explained to you before the interview, I'm terrible at. It's appropriate though, since I just had my appendix out and then got really sick because I worked too hard. So, yes. How long have you been in the colleges? 
Um, I am in my second semester of my junior year right now, and Sweet. I was not one of the people that, like, I did get a couple college credits before I headed off and moved out of my house, but um, I wasn't one of those people that went to a community college for a couple years while living at home. I um, went out directly my freshman year, so this is, I'm, like, rounding off my third year here. Hmm, okay. So what do you know about, about self-care in college? What got, what got you interested in this concept besides, you know, being a college student and needing to understand? Um, okay, so when I graduated from high school, I was in a really bad place emotionally. Um, I had kind of just forced myself through the rest of it. And once I graduated, I was just in a place where I was constantly emotionally exhausted. I had all kinds of problems with social anxiety. Um, all of my friends, except for maybe one or two, were just like purely on the internet. Um, mm. And that was through Oyen. Yep. But uh, I didn't really have anyone that I hung out with in real life and um so when i got to college it wasn't really a recipe for emotional success <laughs> and um immediately i just kind of started jumping into different ways that i could create for myself like a better environment and area that would um like even if it's just in my own room like an area that i could use to make myself feel kind of replenished and feel safe and feel like um i wasn't running on just simply fumes i yeah. guess so that, it was just an important issue for me starting out. Mm -hmm. I've used my dorm room as a sanctuary a lot of times. So I'm, a, mm -hmm. I'm generally an extrovert. Like I didn't have any huge problem. I mean, I was homeschooled, so that was a little bit awkward coming in, but just a little bit. And, but my, my dorm room became a happy place for me for, the first, yeah. for my first semester living at college. Do you have like a roommate or are you in a single? <laughs> I'm in a single and it's the Same. best decision. I was in a single too. Oh, it's so happy. It's so wonderful. Yeah. I love singles and I'm on like the seventh story of, of the dorm. Mm -hmm. So, and I look out and it's a north facing window and there's nothing like there's nothing north of the town. There's nothing north of the, uh, there's, there's literally hills and a farm mm -hmm. and windmills, lots of windmills. We do have those, but yes, anyway, carry on. <laughs> no, I was in a single room on the ninth floor of my dorm <gasps> and I, I actually, that, and it was the tallest dorm floor like on campus because all the other dorms were shorter mm -hmm. and there wasn't a floor above me. So I was like in one of the tallest places I guess you could be or the highest places you could be. Um, and I had a pretty good view, but I lived there my freshman, my freshman and my sophomore year. Yeah. Um, and since it was a state school, you know, you got things like co-ed dorms, mm. um, which mine was, but I'm really glad that uh, I didn't get a roommate. Like a lot of people were like, you're going to miss out on stuff. And I think I did to an extent, but at the same time, because I was not in that great of an emotional space, I think my single room kind of gave me that spot I needed to really recuperate when I was just totally done with everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I know I've missed out on stuff, but it's stuff that I'm pretty okay with missing out on. So. Yeah. I mean, and coming from like a biblical or like a homeschooling worldview, there's definitely a lot of stuff that happens at college, whether it's like a state college or a Christian school, because I have friends that go to Christian schools and I hear from them that this exact same kind of junk happens at their school too. Like there's gonna be people out there that are investing themselves in activities during their free time that are not constructive to like making a positive life path. And then there's gonna be people who maybe aren't like on as much of the forefront of things, but they're doing more constructive things. and. Um, a lot of the difficulty of your first semester or two of college is finding which group of friends is going to launch you on a successful path. And it's really difficult because a lot of times you find out these people you've been hanging out with and putting your time into are not the right group of people for you. And so you have to make that executive decision in your life to like, kind of like look at that group of people around you and go, 
are these people encouraging me in things that are going to benefit me? Like, I'm not saying, oh, you only you're only Christians for your friends, because yeah. that's not a good idea either. But um, you want to make sure that they're going to encourage you to do things that are going to better you as a person. Like, you don't want to hang out with people that are constantly pressuring you to do things you don't want to do. No. Or any of that kind of thing, I guess. Which is, you know, what you hear every day growing up from your parents and from youth pastor or whatever. But there's definitely something to be said about getting into an environment where you're exposed to a lot of different kinds of people that you've never been exposed to before. And sometimes they're not obviously holding a sign that says, hey, I'm going to make you want to try this dangerous activity or I'm going to constantly be badgering you about this and it's going to make you feel uncomfortable. Like, yeah, no, they don't. Like they don't hold signs. They, they, <laughs> they don't. They don't. I, that's one thing I do love about college, though, is just the, the sheer diversity of people. Mm-hmm. Just the the number of different types of people. It's so much fun to me to to meet these people and to to understand where their backgrounds are. But it is important to when you when you have your core group of people that you go back with and that the people you you're legit spending time with that they're not the type of people who are going to be pushing you in, yeah. in different directions that you don't want to go. And like just as a side note, because I'm a lady and I think this is important for ladies to know. Um, there are always going to be these guys, and sometimes for guys, there'll be girls, but there's going to be these guys that are really extroverted and are really, like, kind and just seem to have no problem starting conversations and holding conversations with you, even when you feel awkward and you feel like you're not responding the right way. And sometimes these people are perfectly fine, but sometimes they're um, they're predators and they're looking to manipulate you into doing something that you're not comfortable with doing. And so you always just want to make sure that you know, if you feel like you can't say no to some people, then those people are probably not people that you want to have in your life. So. Yeah, it's an important side note. Yeah, that's like a serious, like, dun dun dun. <laughs> the writing show just got very serious. <laughs> <laughs> so what else? What else did you do to, to kind of bring your your yourself to, to a good place in, in the college atmosphere? Um, well, a lot of, uh, some of the initial steps that I took were just kind of, this is going to sound super, um, not necessarily Freudian, but <laughs> like fake psychology. But a lot of what I initially did was kind of try to get not necessarily reconnected with my childhood, but just acknowledging like things that brought me comfort and things that brought me enjoyment when I was, you know, way younger. So I had like a pack of crayons that I'd like color with, or even if I was just like super stressed out sometimes I just take them out and like smell them and that sounds really weird but it totally helped and um other things like oh my goodness um books that I really enjoyed as a kid and and when you're in college you know you don't have a lot of time to be reading things that aren't on your like roster of this is what you need to read for such and such class yeah especially since you're an English major (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) but sometimes just having like that copy of that book on your shelf that you can look past and you see it there and it's familiar, that can be um, a helpful addition to your room. Like, I know a lot of people put together these things called calm kits. um, Hmm. And it's just got, you know, things that make you feel comfortable in it. So whether that be an artistic, like, tool, whether it be, like, a soundtrack to a certain movie, or maybe it's um, a smell, like, maybe you've got, like, someone in your family's t-shirt in there that smells like them or something like that just things that are a tangible connection to a space that you feel completely at home in really helps absolutely because i mean you're in a new environment with new people you have no track record with these people so there's no affirming of kind of your identity going on anymore Mm -hmm. and it's it's up to you to reestablish your yourself in in your own eyes and yeah that's that's something i had i had a very similar experience when i moved in 
yeah, that, that happened. I had to kind of force myself back into activities that I saw as being me, kind of. Mm-hmm. If that if that makes any sense, that's kind of a weird way to put no, that. No, that makes sense. Like, like I forced myself to, to put on the Willy Wonka costume and go to class <laughs> just because I knew that was a me type of thing to do. But I like, I didn't want to do it. Like, like I was kind of fighting against that type of thing. I mm-hmm. guess this this conversation got really weird. I probably should have used a different example, but um, but but yeah, no, it's 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 just a different type of situation. And moving into the new environment, there's there's it's a whole unique set of challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean that's completely on point. Um, you know, for most people, putting on a Willy Wonka costume might not be their activity of choice. Probably to make them. not. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that that's a valid example of something that um, you really like, not necessarily like you identify yourself as Willy Wonka, but like doing that kind of thing is something that makes you feel more like yourself. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then there are other things. Um, there's kind of two different sides of this coin because the way you kind of perform self-care activities when you're living in the dorms is much different than when you're living in like an apartment. Really? Um, and yeah, you're a little bit further away from your classes, um, but you're also... Um, you're more of an adult at the same time. You don't have an RA that's babysitting you all the time. Um, you've got a little bit more freedom. <laughs> like, I mean, a lot of dorms, they're like, no candles inside. You can't have this. You can't have this. Yeah, when you're living a in a house, Yeah. When you're living in a house, you can, you know, have candles. And that was like a big deal to me because I love candles. I love lighting them. I like to just, when I'm chilling out and reading, I just like to like light my little candle and I couldn't do that in my dorm. Um, but once I moved out in, into a house, I could in that even that little thing there made a big difference to me. And oh, you could, you could, you can cook in a house. We can't oh, cook yeah. in our dorms. Like I we mean, have to have a meal plan, and that is that bugs me to no end. Yeah, that's another huge issue is like food and how you feed yourself. And <sighs> I had a meal plan my freshman and sophomore year, and we did have a small like a small kitchen in the basement of our dorm. But the meal plan was most of it was just carbs and cheeses, and like the vegetables were not fresh. Nothing tasted like it had been made. And anything other than a giant microwave, like it was all, like you had access to a lot of different things, but a lot of it was just terrible for you, and it was really annoying. Um, oh, I, I gotta tell a story. I was looking, I was, I was there for the first semester, and I was looking at the different menus. Okay, mm-hmm. at at a we have a we have a diner that's part of the meal plan, and literally we have a, like a Mexican segment of it, like Mexican food. Yeah. And I was looking down at the menu, and literally among the sides, it just read vegetable. Like, it didn't specify what type of vegetable or whether it was mixed vegetables. It just said vegetable. <laughs> I'm like, what? What is this place? Yeah. That's because they'll, like, I guess, have something left over and they'll just kind of mix it up. But, like, with ours, they used to say mixed vegetables or something like that. And mm. you never knew what you were going to get till you got up to the line. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. So. <laughs> just, just, it was just sitting there, just vegetable. <laughs> I was like, Wow. And like when you getting like off the meal plan and not having that convenience there anymore is both like a good thing and a bad thing because like on one end you have to go shopping for groceries now and you have to prepare yeah. your meals and that's an added stress. But on the other hand, you have much more control over the kinds of food you're putting in your body yes. and all of that. So it's kind of you. It, it's a give and take both ways, depending on how you approach it. Um but like something I read in a book about nutrition is what you do is you shop the perimeter of the grocery store. Like if you're like me, you were a terrible child and you did not pay attention that well when your mom or your dad was trying to teach you how to cook different things. So Amen. you're just like, you can make mac and cheese and scrambled eggs and that's just about it. 
<laughs> so like I can you know, eat I can, I can cook a mean egg though I tell you what like walking into a grocery store and thinking all right I have to make different things like when you look at recipes you need all of these various tiny little things that in small quantities are super expensive and you don't want to do that and like you don't know what like things mix together to taste good together and so you just it is I'm finally starting to hit my stride in this area it actually took me a long time but I'm like shopping the perimeter just grabbing like different like vegetables and different fruits that I'm getting a little bit more familiar with handling and what goes well with what. Like it mm -hmm. takes time and honestly, I really wish that there was a mandated like nutrition or like adult skills class on every campus because a lot of people, um, they don't really know how to do this efficiently, myself included. And it, it would just be, I, I think it would be a great help to anyone, so. I'd take that class even if it wasn't mandatory. It would be wonderful. Yeah. Learn, learn rad food skills everyone needs that everyone needs rad food skills can i give you a tip daniel yes um if you want to make college way easier for yourself health wise mm. um there are two things you can do that will make a huge difference and set you apart from everyone else around you the first one is do not eat pizza oh yeah <laughs> it's like people like it just it's this giant pizza overlord that will <laughs> just pressure you into getting pizza all the time with your friends and it's it seems fun at first but then like after a while you just like become this sedentary piece of blah and you gain weight <laughs> and it's just not fun and, and and then the other thing is don't drink soda because soda like those things are so bad for you but college students imbibe them on such a like mass rate that it it's just crazy like it used to be the freshman 15 and now it's like the freshman 50. It's crazy. <laughs> I've heard freshman 40, freshman 50, that's new. I, I don't know. I'm like throwing numbers out, dude. I'm not a, I'm not a statistics person, but I just it's, looking around at people and myself, I'm just like, yeah, that's a problem. Like, it's, it's a problem. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I kind of sort of live off calzones. And yeah. when I'm stuck over the weekend on my campus, I'm like, I need, I need food. I can't cook anything. And there's Little Caesars with his five buck pizza, a five buck pizza. I mean, how are you supposed to mentally and emotionally compete with that? Here's, here's what you do. You think the sound, I sound like one of those old ladies that's like, I haven't eaten a gram of sugar for 60 years and I feel like I'm 20. But like, like, you know me, I'm down to earth. I am like all for eating different things. And I definitely am out of all of my friends that I know, I eat like the worst out of all of them and I'm trying to fix it. And this is what I'm learning right now. You have to think about how you're going to feel after you eat one thing versus another. And if you realize like, and if you can imagine yourself feeling like gross and like tired after you eat it, then don't eat the thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's smart. I can, yeah. I can try that, Kate. And it's it's actually like a chemistry thing. Like your body is kind of programmed to crave like those buttery, like super bad for you, trans fat crammed carbs that, you know, all of these fast food restaurants serve up. So when you're under all of these stress with college and all of these new environments and stuff, that's like the first thing you're going to be bombarded with is that message of this food will make you feel better. And then your brain's like, oh yeah, they're right. It will. And then it makes you feel worse. And it's just like this terrible cycle, so. It'd be a lot easier if I could get a pizza box filled with salad for five bucks, but that's that not an great. option. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, no, those <laughs> things aren't an option because like the market says that people wouldn't be interested in buying them. But honestly, I think that that's not true anymore because there are so many people out there that are interested in eating in ways that are gonna make them feel better um, mm -hmm. and gonna make them look better and just gonna make them like 
you know, skin problems, like sleep disorders, a lot of these things can be solved or not solved, but at least, you know, not if not solved, then made to feel at least a little bit better mm -hmm. with a better diet. So and on that subject, I figured out like the best hack for working out. I have not been able to work out consistently for the longest time. I've tried a bunch of pro bunch of programs. I can't do it. OK, Kate, mm -hmm. you following me here? Yeah, I realized that I could take my Kindle and I could I could grab a book on my Kindle and just walk on a treadmill and I could read the book simultaneously. And that's how I get in like my recreational reading now is I use that as an incentive to to walk. And like it's a zero guilt equation because you're reading. It's not like you're watching the new seasons of, of Friends. It's like you're actually <laughs> reading a thing. So you feel good about reading the thing. And then you feel good because you've walked for like an hour and you read things. And I find I find that the urge to stop walking is no match for the urge to figure out what happens in the next chapter. Yeah. I got really excited about this when I realized this could be a thing. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. Like, I'm one of those people that when I read, I have to, like, just be doing that. Mm. But um, when I'm working out, which, yeah, no, I have issues working out regularly, too. Like, for a while over this past summer, I was just going hard every day, and I was so proud of myself, and then I got sick, and it just fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> it was so disappointing. I'm there. But, <laughs> um, like... It's kind of fun if you um, know good areas around where you live that have like trails or like streams. Like it's always fun to run or walk next to a stream. It's pretty, it sounds cool, and you feel like you're in like a Robin Hood book or something. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. I wish there was running water in Western Oklahoma. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would totally do that. So basically what you're finding out is that you should just move out of Oklahoma. That's kind of that's kind of the uh, the equation at the moment. So how do you keep writing while in college? I, I mean, again, you're an English major, so I assume you've got lots of papers that you do. Mm -hmm. But like, how do you keep in in your fiction writing? Have you been able to do that? Um, it's kind of an off and on thing. Um, but my biggest tip would be if you are really having issues fitting writing into your day to day schedule, take a class that that kind of writing that you're trying to do is necessary. And that sounds kind of counterintuitive, but it gets your those cogs in your mind working again and then you start getting more interconnected with other writers in your area um getting involved with the people who like there are a lot of different organizations like my campus has a creative writing club i'm not very active in it but i'm part of the facebook group <laughs> oh, hey there you go <laughs> but, something yeah like i kind of use um the oyuners as my writing group but um there are also like things like there are nano stations there are um all sorts of like resources for writers um how but do you, how do you nano what, in college i would die no like basically what i do is i give it my best and then once my grades start to fall i give up so, <laughs> okay yeah like i got sixteen thousand words last november and then i started to like fail one of my classes so i was just like okay we're done <laughs> okay anyway okay. but um I passed the class, by the way. It was all okay. But, <laughs> um, like, just things like that can kind of give you a head start. Um, one thing that's a really good idea is if you just schedule time in your day to go to the library. Like, don't do it. Don't try to do it in your dorm room. Go to the library. Bring earbuds or your headphones or earplugs or whatever you need to, like, block out other people if your library is kind of noisy. And just get yourself set up. Make sure you have a drink and a little snack or something. And then you're there and that's your purpose for being there. And because you're there to do that, that's what you'll end up doing. Um, utilizing a lot of that time in between classes because you'll have random like 20, 30 minute, maybe an hour or two gap. Um, and if you're not working at a job during those times, 
Um, you know, using those times to write is great. Another thing, uh, not writing on your computer. Uh, if you take out a notebook and a pen, if you don't have your laptop on you or if you're just not taking it out to use it, you're more likely to stay focused and really get a lot of writing done. Even if it is kind of slower because you're not on a computer, you're going to yeah. have more uh, brain juice than if you did if you were, like, distracted by all the different things you can do on your laptop. Yeah, you can't check Facebook on a notebook, and that's that's one reason. I've, I've written longhand for a long time now. Mm-hmm. I, wrote, I think my first novel I wrote mostly longhand first. Wow. Yeah, it was intense. But <laughs> it was <laughs> it was a lot. But it was it was just a really good way to get in there and focus. And yeah, that definitely helps. That definitely helps. So do you have like a daily that you do now? Um sort of like my writing schedule shifts a lot because each semester my schedule is a little bit different. What I've been doing recently, um, because I am taking a creative writing class this semester, is a lot of my writing has been for that. But um, I'm also kind of working on a side project very, like, casually. Like, it's not got very much done on it at all. And that's what I kind of pull out. I just take my notebook out and I work on that whenever I am waiting for a class or waiting for work or something and I don't really have anything else going on. I'll just kind of, you know, take out my notebook and write a page or so on that. So I, I hate asking this question. But how is Insomnia coming, your novel that I read back in the, what was that, 2013? Oh, that was actually 2012, Daniel. Was it 2012? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like 15, I think, when that like egg hatched in my head and now I'm 20. Um, <laughs> is it an ugly chicken now? Yeah, actually, the last time I really put in, I have approached this and then got intimidated and backed off so many times, dude. Like, the last time I really worked on it was the several months after that workshop that we worked on it together. Mm-hmm. And I got to chapter, I think, eight. And then I realized that there were so many problems with it that it just kind of, like, was so intimidating. And um, at this last workshop, we actually worked on it with my group a little bit. Um, oh, wow. Just, like, as an ideas thing. And mm-hmm. actually, we did that at the workshop before that, too. And it's just kind of intimidating because that book came out of very like a very dark area in my life and revisiting that is really difficult Mm -hmm. but um i'm definitely this sounds so lame i'm definitely wanting to finish it (laughs) um my current goal is just to finish it like it's so stupid i have like four chapters left but i'm just not sure what to do with it at this point because it's in such tatters so (laughs) i don't know it's just i'm reaching the point where i'm realizing that no matter how i finish it it's not going to look what how i wanted it to look so I'm going to have to rewrite the whole thing anyway. And that temptation to just like scrap it and restart is there. But I definitely want to finish it before I do that. Yeah. So, I got to wonder what it, what it would be like for to have to be able to look at like the first eight chapters in, uh, from 15 year old Kate and then to see like the finished out version from who you are now. Yeah. It'd be that it'd, it'd be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Like looking at a lot of the different characterization and plot points, like you can see a lot of the immature beliefs and things that I held without even knowing that I held them. Like one of my main characters is this girl and she is super angsty and super needy. And legitimately what I have validating her in the story is a love interest. Mm -hmm. Like, like her entire character arc is give me the validation only a boyfriend can. And it just makes me so (laughs) sad. Like, yeah, it's funny, but it also is like, it makes me want to cry because I can totally see that. Like, whole theme echoed in my own life during that time frame and Mm -hmm. it's just I don't know like I always thought that I wrote in a way that was wise I guess which sounds stupid but I thought I wrote wise things and then in retrospect to look at it and be like this is so dumb like (laughs) 
what was I thinking? Like, how did I not see this behavioral pattern expressing itself in my writing? Just, ugh, anyway. Yeah, no, I feel ya. Like, another thing, I forgot to say this, like, obviously, um, when you're writing and when you're, like, getting in, like, doing self-care on campus, um, getting involved with, like, a church body that you can trust is important. And this is kind of an area in my own life that I have issues with because I don't know why, but I'm just having problems picking one out that I trust. Yeah. And it's really stupid, but it's something that I have difficulty doing. And I've been like talking to some of my, you know, long distance Christian friends about it for a while. And I'm just kind of getting to the point where I'm just going to pick one and hope it works. But I don't know. It, I feel like with that, you get another level of just assurance and another level of like, things that you know have that connection to who you want to be and of course that's you know not relevant to everyone not everyone wants to go down that road but and for the people who do it's something that's important yeah i've had the same problem it's been it's been kind of rough so yeah it's definitely like you don't i don't know i, don't, I feel like does, does, did your parents give you the whole like cults are gonna approach you and try to suck you in when you get to college thing cults are yeah, did they tell you that, or was that just my parents? Well, I, I think mine was more of a, you know, they're going to give you the drugs, and you do not need the drugs, so do not do the drugs. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I got a cult warning. Ironically, I'm in with a dinner crew now, and we refer to ourselves as the dinner cult, because we meet every night without fail. It's it's not a real cult, though, don't worry. But, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Did, you, did, did a cult approach you? Did that happen? No, that's the thing. Like, my parents were really worried that there was going to be a group on campus that was going to have, you know, those negative motives that I wouldn't like maybe they were just that was something that they thought would be a much bigger pressure in my life so when I came on to campus as a freshman I thought that I was going to get approached by like all of these different cult groups that are like give us your money and we'll make you a level one apprentice and like that's not <laughs> what my parents exactly said would happen that was just like something that it's not like they obsessed over it they were just like be careful about this this is a potential thing but it didn't happen and I was expecting it to mm -hmm. and um it turns out like if you don't make an effort to reach out, you know, some of those churches might not reach out to you first. And I guess I just always expected the churches to reach out to me, but they didn't. And mm -hmm. so now I'm kind of in the position where I have to reach out to them. And it's not something I was expecting to have to do. And it's a little bit weird because I'm like, you know, I'm not a freshman. They're going to be like, well, where have you been? Like, <laughs> yeah. But there are two that I've kind of got my eye on at this point. And um, I'm hoping to come to a decision about which one I want to settle with within mm -hmm. the next month. So... I've committed to it. It's in it's in stone writing. By next month, I will know. <laughs> well, good luck to you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. No one's approached me asking if I want drugs yet, so I same. I feel you. No, dude, it doesn't happen like <laughs> it that. It doesn't happen. <laughs> it, like people <laughs> will ask you that, but you have. There are people can read other people. They're not going to look at you, Daniel, and be like, "Now there's a young man that needs some marijuana." Like, <laughs> if yeah. you showed up to some like. You know, like, look at the people who do that kind of thing and look at the stuff that they do. That's where all of that stuff circulates. And you don't mm. want to, you know, be partaking in that. So you're not going to those activities. And so you're not going to get offered it. It's like as simple as that. I mean, every once in a while, there'll be someone who's just like super pro pot or super pro this other drug. And they'll be talking about it all the time. But that's that's a rarity. Like, I mean... I have friends that choose to partake in some of that stuff and like I don't and it has not been a problem in our friendship like that whole that whole idea that that's going to be something they try to force on you like no it, it hasn't been at least in my experience um sometimes that does happen so you know you, you if you want to be careful if you want to 
you know, just know that that's a thing, um, then that's good. But at least my friends that I have that have tried it or are in that social sphere, I have never felt pressured by them to do anything with that or um, they've never made me feel like a loser or an outsider because I chose to not. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, like, and I mean, there have been some people that have made me feel that way, but those people weren't my friends. So I just kind of ditched them. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm -hmm. You just learn, you know, who's going to be a good influence on you and who's not. Yeah. And with the churches not reaching out, I've had, I've had kind of the same deal. We do have on-campus ministries and they're all great, but mm -hmm. like, but like there aren't churches that are actively trying to recruit people. I mean, heck I have a Jehovah's witness friend and he hasn't even brought it up. So, I mean, that's special right there. And yeah, no, I actually, um, I didn't know this, but there's like a huge, um, community of, I don't remember, but it's one of those big ones that a lot of people talk about being a cult. And I remembered it, but now I don't want to say it because I'm afraid that people will listen to this and be like, Hey, I'm that and we're not a cult, but <laughs> there is a huge cult community on my campus. <laughs> They kind of just stick to themselves, so I don't know. I yeah. guess, yeah. Now I've made a lot of people curious. You can Google it, guys. You can Google it. Cults on KU campus. No, that's that is not the school I go to. <laughs> no, sorry, K State. K -State. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, K. -U. K -U. No, no, no. You're fine. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, KU is terrible. I hope they burn. Like. <laughs> there's definitely a difference in culture and like so like some of the things I'm saying you're gonna see differences depending on what campus you go to. oh yeah for sure so yeah yeah that's just kind of how it goes and I, lo I love my college campus for for what flaws it does have I mean it's just it's just fun and the people there they're generally pretty all right people they're pretty decent people mm -hmm. and then there's freaks and I love all of them I love <laughs> all of my campus freaks a couple of them are listening hi guys <laughs> No, you know, there's always those people that you see on campus and you're just like, you know what you're about. Uh-huh. Like, you want to use a roller backpack to carry around all your books? Good for you, bro. Like That's funny because I did that. Oh, Daniel, <laughs> did you? I did because I wasn't allowed to lift things because I got my appendix taken out. So I had a good excuse, Kate. I had okay. an excuse. I wasn't allowed to lift things. It's okay. One day I wore a blanket to school because it was super <laughs> cold. So I just got this like king-sized fuzzy blanket and tossed it over my backpack so it looked like I was like a hunchback and it was just great. I know someone on campus who does that too, but she does it consistently. Yeah, no, not consistently for me. My walk is too long to like carry a big blanket every day. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, the ramp situation on my campus is not good enough for people with rolling backpacks. I mean, I got, I got, I feel for the disabled people on campus because the ramp oh situation is not good. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> it's not good. They have to go way out of their way for everything. I feel really bad. Well, yeah, that's an actual this, problem. They this is a have, problem. Like, they should talk to it. You, well, I don't know if you would be the one to talk to the dean about it, but someone should be doing something. Be like, hey, know? dean, I have to go like half a mile around this way. <laughs> this is not. This doesn't work for me. <laughs> and I gotta wonder, Scott. It can't be good for the other people. Yeah. No, that would be difficult. Um, there's like, I think our campus is pretty accessible uh, for people with disabilities. Um, they're pretty good about keeping everything, like all the buildings have elevators. From what I know, I could be very wrong. Um, we actually have an entire office dedicated to like making things more accessible to people, which is pretty cool, I think. Does it have an automatic door to this I office? I think so. Like it's not just physical. I think they also deal with like a mental illness and stuff like that as well. Mm. So I'm just saying it'd be super ironic if like that the door to that office was hard to open. 
That would be ironic. I don't think that's the case, though. (laughs) This is a big school. (laughs) Okay. That's that's good. That's very good. No, so... Well, Kate, we've run out of time. Oh, no. We've really run out of time. Closing okay. closing thoughts to your campaign. Um, take care of yourself. Don't do stuff that you know is gonna make you feel terrible. <laughs> make friends with people who are gonna lift you up and not take you down. Um, and remember that whenever you're interacting with people on a diverse campus, you're gonna run into people who feel very opposite to you about many things, whether it be religion or culture or um, artistic expression or law or any of that. But Just because someone feels very opposite to yourself does not automatically mean that what you think is wrong or that they're a bad person and they can't make a good friend. So you just have to remember to stay grounded in the morals and values that you hold dear. And um, if you can do that, and if you can find a support system at your college that helps you do that, then you can have a lot more comfort in exploring those other relationships and those other opportunities. So that's my two cents. And remember, kids, the cult won't find you. You have to go looking for them. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Kate, thanks so much for being on the show. This has been fun. All right. I got to talk to you more often. It feels like we never talk. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, I don't, like, are we still live right now? Well, yes, but we don't have to be. (laughs) No, it's fine. Just say goodbye to the humans. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, humans. (laughs) Farewell, humans. And now, a word from a random college student. Hi, my name is Michael. I really don't know why I'm doing this, but you're listening to the Very Serious uh, Writing Show. Thank you, random college student. Okay, so one time I was at this zoo, except it wasn't a zoo, it was like a drive through zoo in this little town in Arkansas. Uh, a little town called Gentry, and they have this drive-through zoo, but they have a not drive-through part where you can like play with animals and stuff. And there's like there's like baby tiger cubs and bears and things, and it's all really adorable. And as I'm there, I go over and I see this tiny tortoise. And there's this tiny tortoise inside a cage, and he's eating a salad. He's just munching away on this salad. He's like um nom nomming all over the salad. And I just observe him and regard him for a minute. And he stops, looks up at me, and belches like just like that and he stares at me like he holds eye contact for another five seconds before going back to his salad and i'm just standing there with this epiphany about life tortoises belch and that's just the 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 last piece of information that you needed for today i just thought that in addition to all that kate wells and i talked about you needed to know that you can follow kate on the facebooks and i'm sure she's other places but facebook is probably the best place to do that thanks again to kate for being on the show you're a real pal kate thank you boom shakalaka also you can follow me on facebook twitter you know the drill i'm everywhere i am everywhere and Goodreads, and thatguywiththehat.com, which has a blog even though I posted two things and then didn't, because that's the type of blogger I am. Though, I think I will try to post more there. Like, next time I have something to write, I'll totally write it and put it there. It's just, appendix, stop me. So, yeah, that type of excuse is totally valid, right? Yeah, right. You all have a lovely week. Enjoy the rest of your Monday, and I will catch you again. Farewell!